Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Hallelujah. It's good to see everybody here. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 2 as we're going to finish our series of, uh, called The Heart for His House, A Heart for His House. And uh, today <clears throat> we're going to put the exclamation point on it uh, out of this great book. And uh, Ephesians chapter 2, we find that uh, the Apostle Paul... I love, the, I love Ephesians, and I, I highly recommend you spend a lot of your Bible reading time in Ephesians, a lot of it. Um, if, I've had people ask me, where do I start? You know, where, where's the best place? I'd say start in Ephesians and uh, read through the, those six chapters, and then, um, then start back in Ephesians chapter 1, and then read through those six chapters. And then probably you want to go on over to Ephesians chapter 1, and then read through that again, and probably go then to Ephesians, um, and uh, spend a lot of time, because... It, it's so marvelously written. The first three chapters have very much to do with who we are, our identity that is in Him. You'll see in Him, in Him, in Him, in Him over and over again, who we are in Christ. And then the, the next three chapters are about our practice as Christians, all right? You know, you need to know who you are first before you know what to do, all right? Religion is completely backwards from that. They say that your identity is wrapped up in what you do. What you do makes who you are, but the Scripture doesn't say that. The Scripture says you're in Him. You're in Him. You first need to know who you are. Awaken to righteousness and sin not. All right, this is the gospel that has come to us. It's glorious that first we need to know who we are so then we can know what our function is in the earth. Amen. That makes sense, doesn't it? All right, so we're not working for anything. Christ did all the work for us. All right, Christ did all the work for us to have a right relationship with, with God and to give us eternal life, life secure, glory to God. He's the author of eternal salvation so that now we walk by faith and we convince, we convince ourselves on a daily basis, that is this new creation experience that has taken place in the spirit, that we, we renew our minds to that truth. You got to think about these things. You got to think about these things so that you can empower then your body then to follow those instructions, to, to live the kind of life that God's called you to live here on the earth. Amen. So Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to uh, verse 19, and the Apostle Paul says this, now therefore you are no longer, say no longer, look at that, no longer strangers and foreigners. You know that one time you were strangers and foreigners to the things of God. That's what the scripture says, that we were we were cut off from the things of God. We had no place. God dealt strictly with the children of Israel and the people of Israel, the nation of Israel, only in the earth. You know, when Jesus came to, to the earth, his ministry, his teaching ministry and his healing ministry was exclusively for the Jewish people, all right? But when he died on that cross and his blood was shed, his blood was shed for all peoples. Hallelujah. That includes you. But when he was here on the earth, his earthly ministry was exclusively for them. There were a couple of different times where someone from the outside, a Gentile like you and I, were able to receive from him, but it wasn't because they had a right to it. It was because they believed. And when they believed, then faith brought them into that right. All right, that's what faith does for you. It gives you access to all the grace of God. Amen. Amen. Well, in other words, they just acting like Abraham was what they were doing. They believed, and, and he couldn't resist that. So he gave them something that they rightfully didn't have, but faith gave them the right, all right? So, uh, so we, were straight, we, were, we were without hope, the Scripture says, and without God in the world. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his own love, 
with, with He loved us, he saved us by His grace, saved us by His mercy. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but what? Fellow citizens with the saints. Say, I'm a saint. I used to be an ain't, but now I'm a saint. <laughs> citizens with the saints. Saint, what? You're already saint. I thought you had to like do a whole life of good things and then, and then achieve sainthood after a long time after you were dead. Well, some religions teach that, but the Scripture says you are saints right now. Uh, you're a saint right now. Not because you did something to earn that, not because you did good things, but because Jesus Christ did everything that was necessary for you to become a saint. Amen. And so that you now are like him. You now are like him. That, as, as we talk about continue, that exchanged life. He became sin. You became righteousness. He became wounded. You became healed. He became a curse. You became blessed. He became poor. You became rich. He became the son of man so that you could become sons of God. It was an exchange that took place. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Or the family of God. This is beautiful. He brought us right into his family. He didn't just hire a bunch of employees. You're not an employee in the kingdom. You're a child of the living God. You're sons of God. Amen. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And, and, as, and you are just as much a son of God now as Jesus is. That's an amazing thought, isn't it? You're just as much a son. You have just as much right to the things of God as Jesus does. And as secure as... As Jesus is, as the Son of God, so is your security. As secure as He is, so are you. The Scripture says, as He is, so are we in this world. You cannot cannot differentiate in the Spirit, you and Jesus. He who is joined to the Lord is one Spirit with Him. Wow. That's that's some pretty lofty thinking, isn't it? We're going to have to lift up our minds to... Wow, I never thought about myself like that. We need to start thinking about yourself like that because that's how God thinks about you. All right? The Scripture says that we have the mind of Christ, but we have to put on the mind of Christ. All right? He's given us it freely, but we have to make that choice. We We have to bring ourselves to that awareness, that regular awareness. Wait a second. I'm like Jesus. I put on the mind of Christ. I can think like God thinks. He's given me that ability. He gave it because that's what he wanted us to do. He wants us to act like him in the earth. So he's given us the power and the ability and the authority to do it. Amen. So we're not on the outside. No, we're brought right into the family of God. Let's continue on this. Verse 20. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. That's a good solid floor right there if you ask me. That's a good solid foundation. The apostles and prophets. All of Jesus' disciples besides Judas who betrayed him, all of those men went to their deaths proclaiming Jesus Christ is Lord. He is dead, buried, and risen from the dead. They all went to their deaths proclaiming that Jesus Christ was risen. All right, all of them. None of them recanted. None of them. They all went, and a lot of them went to gruesome deaths proclaiming that Jesus Christ was Lord. That is on the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the foundation that you have been built on. That's the foundation that the church of the living God has been built on. What they said about Jesus. And the church is continually being built on what we say about Jesus. It's him and it's his message. All right? Paul said we preach Christ and him crucified. All right? 
having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Father, thank you for these next few minutes. Lord, here with my family today, God, thank you for this gathering of believers. Though we know that because we're here, you're here. And we, we are aware of that right now. Lord, we don't want to be like Jacob. We don't want to be in the house of God and not realize that you were here. But Father God, we would be fully aware. God is here right now. You are here right now in our midst. You are a very present help in time of need. And Lord, your word sustains us. Your word grows us. Your word builds our lives. Your word is life to those who find it. Your word is health to all of their flesh. So Lord, we say, let your word have its way. Let your word take effect. Let it take root in our lives, God. So that we can know you more and more. So that we can experience you more and more in greater ways, in greater depths, Lord. In greater degrees, in Jesus' name. Amen. The foundation, the foundation is everything to the structure and the stability and the longevity of a building. All right? It's everything. If the foundation is faulty, then, then everything else is faulty. You, know, you might not see it in the beginning, but over time, the foundation will tell the story. All right? And the structure is only as good as the foundation. How many of you um, have ever been to the uh, stadium in Allen, Texas? $60 million stadium, and in 2014, they couldn't even use it. $60 million, and they could not, it was useless because the structure was jacked up on it, all right? And they began to find all these, these cracks in the concrete all over the place, and then after everybody stopped pointing their fingers at each other, they finally decided to do something about it, and now in June of this year, they actually opened it back up. But all that time, all that beauty, all that glory of that stadium it's no good if the structure is no good, if the foundation is no good on it, all right? You have been built on this foundation, the foundation of the apostles, the prophets, and Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, the one who makes it all work. So check this out. <clears throat> that foundation that has been laid, as I said, has been laid on a testimony that men all died for. All right? They all laid down their lives for that testimony. So that you and I could take up that same message and continue to carry it. Yeah. All right? This is what we've been built on. That testimony, that word, that gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, uh, so it's not just on them personally, but really it was on their testimony, on what they had to say about the Lord Jesus. Listen to this. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' This is at the infant stage of the church. It is just now being established. Acts chapter 2, Jesus has already ascended into heaven. He told the disciples right before he ascended, he said, Go and wait for the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. You're going to be endued with power. And the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And after that, you'll be witnesses to me in Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So in Acts chapter 2, it opens up that they were all assembled together and they were praying. And all of a sudden, this, there came this sound from heaven, the scripture says, as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were many Jews that were there from all these different regions, all these different cities. And they heard these guys speaking miraculously in their own language. 
All of them could understand it in their own tongue. It was, a, it was just a miracle moment. And so then they were all kind of confused. Like, how are these Galileans speaking my dialect? That doesn't make any sense. So Peter finally stands up and says, this is what happened, guy. This is what we're experiencing right now. There was a prophecy by a man named Joel years ago who said, in the last days, this is that which was spoken by the prophet. In the last days, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. All right, so, and then he preached the gospel to them, talk about Jesus being killed, uh, uh, being hanged on a tree, and then God raising him from the dead. Uh, so then they said, what do we have to do? He said, all of you need to repent, and you need to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the scripture says that 3,000 people were added to the church that day. 3,000 souls came into the kingdom of God that day. It was a glorious, glorious experience. And then it says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, or the apostles' teachings, all right? This is the rock. This is the foundation that, the, that we are building our lives on, on the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody okay out there? Let's go to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 for a moment. We're going to look at, start in verse uh, 24. Is that right? 24? Yes. Therefore, whoever hears, this is Jesus speaking. Whoever hears these, what? Sayings of mine. And does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on what? On the rock. What's the rock? What's the rock? His sayings. You catching this? The rock is what he is saying. Okay? I will liken him who built his house on the rock. Or in other words, his life hangs on my words. He hears my words and he does accordingly. He walks according to my word. That's what he's saying. Okay? Now, look what happens. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. You need a word from God. You need a word from God for your situation. You need a word from God in the midst of your trouble. You need the word from God when you're in the, in the worst kind of circumstances. Because when all those things blow through, if you're on that rock, you'll still be standing. It has the power to sustain you and keep you grounded and established when, when everything else around you is falling apart. Everything else around you is going crazy. But the Word is what will keep you in place. All right? Look what happens. Then he makes a comparison. He says, I'll lock him to a wise man. But everyone who hears these things of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Verse 27. And the rain descended. The floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? The difference between a wise man and a foolish man, Jesus makes the comparison. Both of them heard the same message. Both of them heard the sayings of Jesus, all right? And both of them had the same kind of trouble. The foolish guy's trouble wasn't any worse than the wise man's trouble. They both endured the flood, they both had the rain, and they both had the wind, all right? One of them was still standing in the end, and the other's life was completely devastated by it. Amen. All right? Because he was not found on the rock. He heard Jesus, but he disregarded what he said and decided he would live life for himself. He would build his own thing his own way. So when trouble came, he had nothing to stand on. Right? All right. So we understand then this rock, this rock, this rock is his word. Say that. The rock is his word. 
And that's the rock that makes me roll. Yeah, verse Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. <clears throat> he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He says, who do men say that I am first? And they said, oh, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're this guy. Some say... He said, yeah, but who do you say that I am? And look what Peter says. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now what, look what Jesus, how he responds. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, or son, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. You didn't learn this in school is what he said. No man taught you this, but my Father who is in heaven has revealed this to you. Next, verse 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter, which is Petros, which means little rock. And on this rock... I will build my church. There's, some, there's a lot of misunderstanding about this verse of Scripture right here. All right? Some believe that the rock that they're saying that Jesus said he would build his church on was on Peter. But we come to find out that's actually not true. Because Jesus is saying Peter's a little rock, but this rock, which is a big rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. What is that rock? What's the rock he's talking about? Hmm? It's the rock. What's the rock? He said, the rock here is the revelation that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's the rock. Upon that rock, that revelation that you got from my Father, that I am Christ, the Christ, the Son of the living God, I'm going to build my church on that rock. All right? John later said in 1 John 5, 5, Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Who is he that overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Anybody believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God here today? All right, then, you're, then your life is founded upon the rock. That's a good place to be, founded upon the rock. So uh, I was telling the earlier service that I, I've taught uh, people how to play guitar throughout the years, and I used to do it a whole lot more years ago. I'd, I'd teach individual lessons, or I would, I would have a classroom with students as well, but I enjoyed the, the individual lessons mostly um, because <clears throat> I, and when I would set one-on-one one -on -one with the student, I would ask them, what style of music do you want to learn to play? And if I was going to ask Cameron, he would say metal. If I was going to ask uh, Maddie, she would probably say um, Bieber or something like that. <laughs> Is that a style? No. What do you like? Country? Rock? Who? Oldies? Okay, oldies. Okay. All right, so I had this. Anybody know here? Know who, you might, I know I'm going to limit myself, limit the audience here, but do anybody know who the Deftones are? All right, they're, they're, a, they're, a, they're a sweet little country band. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Pretty hard rock. All right. When I was living down in San Marcos and me and my brother had a music store and I was, I was doing lessons there and this little girl walked in. She looked like Shirley Temple, real tight little curls and just cute, cutest little thing. And she had her little guitar and uh, she came, I mean, she's about this tall and she came in for lessons. She's 14 years old. And I said, hi. I said, uh, so uh, she signed up for lessons. So we went back to the lesson. I said, well, what do you want to play? She said, I want to play Deftones. I went, really? <laughs> Okay, you didn't strike me as the metal type. All right, so I taught her Deftones. But, but here, what, what I tell these students is playing the guitar, playing, playing a musical instrument is like building a house. All right? And I tell, well, they, they tell me what style they like, and I tell them, I'm going to teach you, I'm gonna, we're going to lay a foundation in music 
that actually you're going to be able to expand to any style that you want to play. You won't just be limited to the style you like because as you grow older, your taste kind of changes. And so you learn to appreciate lots of different kinds of music. You know, when they're young, they're like, no, it's metal all the way. I'm never going to change. I'm punk rock to the bone. Uh, well, that changes. It just does. All right. Uh, you're going to sell out someday and you're going to start liking other things. Believe me. All right. Uh, anyway, I used to be the same way. But you do. You just change. I said, I'm going to teach you to play the guitar in a way that you can play any style, anywhere, anytime. Because it's how I was taught. And I could jump in any style of music because of the foundation that I, uh, of music that I was taught. And so this, this foundation of the gospel, listen to me, what the gospel does. What is the gospel? Christ died for your sins. He was buried, and he rose again the third day. Whoever believes on him will receive everlasting life. But along with that gospel, you learn about every good thing that comes from God. Now, there are a lot of churches who categorize themselves into little sects of, well, we believe this way about God, or we believe this way. Why not take all of him? Why not take all of him? All right, get, uh, the scripture says he did not spare Jesus. That means if you wouldn't spare Jesus, then he will freely give you all things. Let's go for all things. Let's not, not go for some things. Let's go for all things. All right, if God's giving it out, let's take it. You know, one of the things, I've told you this before, one of the things that kind of cracks me up about God is when we see him, the scripture says, to him who overcomes. When we, when we stand before God, one of the things that Jesus is going to hand out, pass out, is a white rock. A white rock? What is that? I don't know, but if Jesus is giving it out, i got to have a white rock. I'll take it. Sure, Jesus. I'm sure somewhat, how in heaven that's going to make perfect sense. Here, it's kind of goofy sounded, but if he's giving it out. Are you hearing me? We don't, just because you don't understand what he's giving you, listen to me. He has purpose to everything he does. All right? That's why I'm saying get everything that you can from God. I have friends that, that pastor denominational churches, and we talk about speaking in tongues because most of the time that's the thing that separates us, right? I'm like, okay, you believe a virgin, you believe a virgin had a baby, you're, you go that far, right? Yeah. Well, okay, you're already weird. Why is tongues any weirder than that? Hello. Do you believe in water baptism? Yeah, I believe. So you believe that a guy needs to push you underwater and bring you back up, and something happens there. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's weird. Do you take communion? Yeah, I take communion. Uh, okay, what's, that, what's, the, what's the juice or the wine represent? Blood. What does the bread represent? His body. So you're eating Jesus' body and drinking his blood? Yeah. That doesn't seem to bother you? But speaking in tongues bothers you? Come on. Come on, man. If God's giving it out, take all of it. All right, I'm not here to throw rocks or anything. I'm just here to maybe, maybe challenge your thinking. Huh? Maybe challenge your thinking. Ah, amen. The foundation that he has laid for the church is his gospel. And everything the gospel, hey, guess what the gospel brings into your life? The gospel brings healing. It brings healing. You know, we had, a, we had a lady named Miss Mary Lou Garrett who is recovering from surgery right now. She had surgery on Tuesday. And uh, she had a bad report. She had a, a tumor on her brain that had been there for a long time. And the doctor told Blackie Garrett, told him that if, there is a, if there's cancer up here, then there's cancer everywhere. It, especially if it's been there for, for an extended amount of time. Well, her cancer had been there a long time. And so... We went to praying for her, 
And come to find out, they, did the, they ran the tests on her, and the doctor said the cancer's been there a long time, but she has no cancer anywhere else in her body. As a matter of fact, we're going to be able to operate on that, and she's going to recover fully. So we're thanking God for that. Because God is our healer. That's what he said. He said it's always the rule. If it's been there, then it's going to be everywhere. So just going off of what he said, it's great to see that uh, God had different things in mind. Amen. He is our healer. We've had lots of people be healed of uh, <laughs> multiple things. Uh, praise God. You know, I was talking to Brian Traber, and it seems recently even that, that uh, there, have been a, a, there has been an increase of healing specifically in the area of cancer. Specifically in the area of cancer. You know, the, we're, we're seeing God's glory in greater, greater measure today. And uh, I, I know that we're living in troubled times and there are troubling things happening, but don't be discouraged by those things. Jesus said, listen, in the world you're going to have trouble, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I've overcome. All right, just because you've seen defeat doesn't mean there's no such thing as victory. All right, there is victory. Stay vigilant. Believe the gospel. Believe the Lord's word. Believe his promise. Amen. There's, there's a promise. There's promise of provision for you right now. There's promise of God's favor upon your life. There's promise of strength, of hope, of joy, of love, of grace. Amen. The foundation of, this, of the church is, is the teaching of Christ, the teaching of the gospel, the teaching of the word of God. That's why we continually talk about this. If you'll get the word of God inside you, if you'll stay in a regular hearing of the word, and then you'll get it in your mouth, hallelujah, then you will be anchored in the things of God. You'll never slip. You'll never, you'll never get off the foundation, all right? You'll stay tried and true. Amen. Um, I want you to take your Bible and turn over to Luke chapter 1 for a moment. I'm going to finish with this thought today. Alex, just go with me here. This, I didn't plan on this. Luke chapter 1. This is the Mary, uh, uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Gabriel comes to her in verse 26. Luke 1, 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel of the angel Gabriel, was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man, or promised to a man, engaged to a man, whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly, what? Favored one. The Lord is with you. Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Mary was... was uh, a pretty extraordinary young lady that of all the people on the earth, she got God's attention and she deserves her place of honor. She got God's attention and, and sent an angel to her. And Mary, at first, how are these things going to be seeing that I don't know a man? It takes two to tango. And so how, you know, can you explain that to me? He said, well, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and the power of the highest is going to overshadow you. And then she said, be it unto me according to your word. Let it be as you have said. All right? And we know the rest is history. That she did, that the Holy Spirit did overshadow her, and she did conceive and bore Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. But this word for favor, you might write this down if you like to do word study. It is the word karatao, C-H-A-R-I-T-O-O. We'd say it karatu or cherry too. 
C-H-A-R-I-T-O-O. Listen to what it means. It means highly favored. To make graceful, charming, lovely, agreeable. Blessed are you, charming, lovely, agreeable one. Isn't that marvelous? It also means to peruse with grace, to compass, to compass with favor. It also means to honor with blessings. God really, really thought Mary was special, didn't he? He honored her with blessings. To peruse with grace, to compass with fear. There's only one other time that that word is used in the entire New Testament. Keratao is used two times throughout the entire. This is the first place that we see it is when he is speaking to Mary. Now I want you to go over to Ephesians. Chapter 1. We're going to look at verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Verse 4, just as He chose us in Him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. He chose you holy. He chose you blameless in love before you ever came. And he cho- how did He choose you? He chose you in Christ. In Christ. All right. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. Verse 6 is where we're going to stop. To the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted, by which He made us keratao in the Beloved. He made you. The very same, the very same keratao, the very same blessing that that angel pronounced over Mary, my family, He's pronounced it over you too. Wow. Now we know He thought something special of her. But he also thinks something very special of you. Wow. The very same made you accepted, made you highly fla- flavored, <laughs> highly flavored, made you, high, <laughs> I guess you are kind of highly flavored, highly favored. He's made you accepted to make graceful. He's made you charming. He's made you lovely. He's made you agreeable. Now, we might not see all that on the outside, but certainly happening in the spirit. Amen. He's, he peruses you with grace. He compasses you with favor. He honors you with blessing. God honors you. With blessing. He made you accepted in the beloved. He made you highly favored. Amen. Glory to God. See, that's what grace does. It levels the playing field. Grace makes us all even in His sight. Not one is greater than the other. God is no respecter of persons. The same God that had high, high favor for Mary has the same favor for you. Well, that's a good, that's good news today. Amen. So this is the foundation we've been, we've been on. We, we are on the foundation of the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why we continue to preach the gospel. Now listen, the church has changed over the years and it needed to change. And the church will need to change in a few years to come. And it's going to need to continue to evolve and to progress. But the message that we preach will never change. All right. We, we are tried and true on that foundation. That Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God and that will never change. All right. However we preach that, whatever methods we use to get that message out, it's Christ, Him crucified, Him buried, Him rose again from the dead. Hallelujah. And all who believe on Him will receive everlasting life. And God is good and God's never going to change.
He's never going to change. Don't make a mistake, the Bible says. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning, which means he's never going to change. He's going to be good, and he's never going to change his mind about it. So that we can have great assurance, we can have great confidence when we come to him in prayer, then we, he hears, do you know how God hears you? You know how God hears you? You know, he does hear you. Hmm? Unless, you, unless, you unless you go along with what Garth Brooks sang about some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered. I'm sorry, buddy. God answers my prayers, Garth. I mean, that's a, that's a cute song and stuff. But uh, no, he, 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 he has given us this assurance that when we come to him and we ask, According to his will, he hears, well, yeah, but Pastor, how do you know it's according to his will? How do we know it's according to his will? That's, that's where I'm befuddled. I don't know. I don't know how to pray the right prayer. I'm going to help set you free right now. Is that all right? Can I set you free right now? I'll let the word set you free. Jesus said, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. That's his will. Whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. Jesus said that. Whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. You know what Jesus just did for us when he said that? He took all the limits off. All right? But our reasoning and the religious system keeps putting the lid on. No, 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 you can't just ask for anything. Really? Didn't Jesus just say whatever things you, why are you trying to stop me? Whatever things you desire. Well, it's got to be the right desire. Well, Jesus didn't say that. Jesus didn't say that. See, all those kinds of things have made us fearful, made us fearful to ask for things from God. Because we've got to make sure that we're we're in the right prayer pose or we've got to say the right words. It's got to be the right, Right? We've got to do enough good things, and we've got to say so many prayers the certain way. Shine all that. Jesus took the limits off. Whatever th- Can you just believe today that whatever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you will have them? Yeah, but Pastor Eric, 1 John 5, 14 says, well, if, if, uh, if we pray anything, if we pray anything, ask anything according to his will. That's right. Anything is according to his will. Anything is what his will is. If we ask anything according to his will, that's what Jesus said, whatever things. If we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. He just needs to hear from you. And he needs you to believe when you're asking for these things. That's really the only requirement is to believe when you're asking. Can you believe what you're asking for? That he will answer? He will answer you every time. This is the assurance he's given us. It's going to take faith for you to live in that reality. It's like it takes faith for anything. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this time together. Thank you, Lord, for my family here today. Lord, what an honor it is to be gathered here with them today. Thank you, God, for your word that it has changed our lives, is changing our lives, and forever will change our lives. Your word is eternal. Even though our circumstances come at us and are contrary to your word at times, Lord, our circumstances are temporary. The trouble we face is temporary, Lord. The, 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 the situations that we go through, Lord, is temporary. But, Lord, your word stands eternal, and we do thank you for that. We thank you that we have this hope as an anchor of our soul, both sure and steadfast. Thank you for the rock that we are founded upon, the rock of truth, the church today, the house of God 
is the pillar and ground of truth. And Lord, when we gather here, we're reminded every week, every week of really who we are and what life really is about. It's about you and your church in the earth, God. You and your church in the earth doing your will, accomplishing your word and your work in the earth, Father. And your word and your work is the souls of men. And we have this message that can change everyone, anyone at any time, any moment they believe. So we will be faithful to proclaim this message. We're not here. We're not here feeling the responsibility that we need to get people saved. We have the responsibility to proclaim your message. And your message is what saves. Your message is what saves, not us. We just proclaim it. We proclaim the good news. And your scripture says that whoever believes on you will receive everlasting life. Whoever. What a great invitation. Lord, thank you that all of these whoever's here, at one point in their life, decided they were going to believe that Christ died for their sins. They believed that Christ died for their sins. They went through that narrow gate, that narrow way, that one way. Jesus said, I am the way. There is no other way. I am the way. Went through that narrow way, not finding a narrow life, but finding a large life. Thank you, Lord, that you freely give to all this salvation, not because we deserve it, not because we've earned it, but because you earned it for us. I thank you, Lord, now for great grace and peace to be upon all those in the sound of my voice. Thank you for the church of the living God. Thank you for this pillar and ground of truth and that you've called us right alongside you, Lord, to do the work of the kingdom, to build your church. And it's going to be built on your word. It's going to be built on your promises. It's going to be built on your good news, Lord. And we'll be faithful to be good builders, to be accurate builders, Lord, to never sway from that truth, God, but to keep the main thing the main thing. Thank you, Lord. Bless all these here today. Bless their homes. Bless their marriages. Bless their children, Lord. Bless them on their job. Increase them. Promote them, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for blessing them in their bodies, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you're dry, that, that you, the finished work of Christ, Lord, has not only paid for their sickness and disease, but also their pains. There are some here today that need freedom from pain, and I thank you that you bore their pain. You carried it to that cross. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're not going to tolerate anything less than what Christ came to give us. You don't have to tolerate those everyday kind of aches and pains and sniffles and all that stuff. That's not yours. It's not yours to deal with. Jesus carried it. He paid it all. Receive the fullness of your healing today. Thank you, Lord, for that now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for those who are, who are here today who need some help financially, Lord. There's some who who have run out of uh, money before they run out of month. And I just pray, God, right now that you would, you would show them, Lord, that you are a very present help in the area of finances, that you care about all of those things. Jesus said, don't worry about those kind of things. Seek the kingdom. I'll take care of you. Those things will be added to you. We thank you, Lord, for that. Bless them, Lord. Bless them. Those some here today, God, who have been having trouble sleeping at night, they're, they're, they're restless, their minds are racing. I pray for the peace of God that would guard their hearts and their minds. 
that they'd be free of anxious thoughts, be free of anxiety and worry and stress, Lord. Receive what you came to give us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.